Welcome to another episode of Sparkcast. This is your host. All right, let me try William that again. Shatner. The. <laughs> All right, this is uh, your host Sean and Charlie and Thomas, and this is our show called Sparkcast. Sparkcast. We got to get that right some days, guys. <laughs> Today we have. Season two, episode five, four, three, two. I don't remember what it was called. Season two, episode five. Traitor. I watched the Japanese episode of this, and it's like the 11th episode. So it's weird because I wonder if that means it aired before the U.S. version, because a few episodes did do that. And the weirdest thing is the Insecticons have deep voices in the Japanese version for this episode. And I don't think they did for the original Insecticons episode. It's just weird hearing their voices very deep when they're really high-pitched in the American version. Obviously, they got some electronic edits to them, but it was just weird to hear that. Otherwise, I didn't hear anything. And Thomas, I know this is going to disappoint you immensely, but there is no Generation 2 episode of this, so kids in the 90s did not get to see this upon its re-airing a decade later. I mean, are you assuming my disappointment is the fact that they get to get off scot-free and I have to suffer through a Cliff Jumper episode? <laughs> Sarcasm not appreciated. There are actually two writers for this show, George Hampton and Mike Moore. This was the only episode they wrote for the Transformers. Michael Moore and George Hampton, they always seem to write together on their episodes. They have seven credits only in all of IMDb. It had him with the Get Along Gang doing 12 episodes, Down to Earth, which was a live-action show. They did 65 out of the 79 Dennis the Menace episodes, so that seemed to be their main project. And then one episode each of Police Academy, Peter Pan and the Pirates, uh, they did two of those, and three of Thundercats. And then that's it. That's their entire history, except for George Hampton also wrote the Heathcliff movie. That's a, that's a that's a weird career. I mean, I wonder if they did anything else on the side. I mean, that spans a good amount of years. Which but... Heathcliff movie? The newest Heathcliff movie? Was when you say like newest, do you mean like the eighties and not the, the the early eighties and not the late eighties? I think they had one that was literally like live action or something <laughs> recently. No, I think they, they brought him back as a CG series, didn't they? Like they do everyone. It seems like there's something. Fairly recent with Heathcliff. Or to yeah. come, maybe. Okay, so yeah, maybe I don't remember. Movie. I think I grew up with the second Heathcliff. I think the first one was like the year before I was born, so I never really saw that one. The Heathcliff that I knew had a hot girlfriend in like um, those 80s aerobics clothes. 
<laughs> yes, and they always like hung out at the trash yard with their friends. Yeah, <laughs> even though Heathcliff actually like lived in a house, I think, or did he, or was he on the street? Yeah, it seems like he had a home, but they kind of just lived. They hung out around the dumpster, like old tires and stuff. Me, Grimlock, no like you. What happens in this episode, Thomas? How do you want to <laughs> summarize it? Oh yeah, you, let's let Thomas to... do this. Take the honors. <laughs> do the honors, Thomas. <laughs> summarize it in thirty seconds. All right, let let me let me go redo the summary in my head because I was gonna start off with something else, but I believe we do not get explicit on this podcast, so <laughs> I'm not gonna say some stuff about Cliffjumper. Um, so this is another episode where just the run-of-the-mill scientist just solves the world's energy crisis again, it's like it's the easiest problem in the world, and then the. Uh, you know, the Decepticons have to show up because they're Decepticons and they take the energy. Was Mirage around at the time? I don't think he was. It all leads to a confrontation between Mirage and Cliffjumper and Cliffjumper accusing Mirage of being, of purposely allowing the Decepticons to get away with their plans and stuff like that. Basically, Cliffjumper gets all up in Mirage's face like, you're a traitor. Oh, you did this, traitor. And even Optimus doesn't want to take his shit. No, none of that. He's actually very stern with Cliffjumper, like, two or three times. If I could just remember what he actually says. There, in the valley, where Mirage found nothing. And I'm like, jeez, yeah. Cliffjumper. <laughs> <laughs> and then as soon as they go off, he's like, try and remember which side you're on, Mirage. And Optimus is just like, keep your mind on the Decepticons, Cliffjumper, because he's not happy. And he's happy. like, that's what I'm doing! Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh man! Yeah, my my wife like wasn't even paying attention to this while trying to eat, and she like came in less than a minute after it started, and she's like, "God, what is wrong with Clip Jumper?" <laughs> yeah, that was just like, I don't know. And what was it like? The first accusation, he's like, "That will do, Clip Jumper. We don't want bad feelings." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's just accusing. And he's accusing without evidence. Like, this is, for all we know, this is the first time that Mirage has made any kind of mistake or, like, was just happened to drive through there hours before the Decepticons built their base. But Cliff Timber's like, oh no, we could have been fighting Decepticons. I, I can't fight Decepticons. It must be because you failed, Mirage. So, was there any actual backstory to this at all? Like, was there any bad blood between. Cliff Jumper and Mirage before this episode. Because <laughs> no. that's what it seemed like. He just threw him under the bus and like rolled over him and backed up and rolled over him again. <laughs> like throughout the no, episode. No, Carly, there is no justification. That's who this character is. He's been this way in several iterations. The, the, he <laughs> just does this crap all the time for, with no justification. And nobody references old episodes. Like, the entire reason the Decepticons aren't on Cybertron right now is because of Mirage. In the very first three-parter, the Decepticons shoot up into space and Optimus is like, we failed. And the only reason they succeed is because Mirage was invisible and stole aboard the ship and caused the Decepticons to shoot everything and blow up the ship. And, and so Mirage basically saves the day, but none of that's brought up. There's no continuity. Instead, it's just like, Mirage, what did you do? I'm like, jeez. It's never brought up because Cliff Jumper is a fool. He doesn't care. 
So, Thomas, you want to know something funny is this is one of the episodes I remember the most from watching them in college, like, 15 years plus ago. Because Cliff Jumper sucks that much? No, because I don't know why this episode just stood out for something. Because Cliff Jumper sucks that much, that's why. <laughs> so, all right, let's see if we can get away from Cliff Jumper for a few seconds. The episode <laughs> starts with this experimental energy... Which doesn't make any sense, you know, last episode they solved the energy crisis with the space satellite. But they make something called electrocells. Is anybody a scientist? Do electrocells really exist? Uh, this sounds pretty generic. Uh, usually like I a, try to look up some of this fancy stuff. An but... electronic cell, okay. <laughs> that it just sounded energy. like techno babble <laughs> to me. It was like, let's just put yeah. two words together. I mean... Yeah. I was still just taken aback by, okay, wasn't the world's energy problem just solved, like, the day before? Like, <laughs> Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they're writing all these episodes and approving them at different times. But, yeah, it would just seem like, well, by the time season mean, two comes along, why do we need any more scientists? Or season, well, like, halfway through? I mean, I could understand this if they were actually going through, like, a real-life gas shortage at the time, but... That was in 1979. I mean, that was years before this episode. And it, it wasn't an actual shortage of gas. There was gas. There was just a problem that messed up the supply chain. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's, it's odd that Transformers, the writers, continually go to that well of, like, this is the top problem that's happening in the world today. If scientists are doing any work, it's focused on that, solving that problem. Mm-hmm. Well, this is future Earth, kind of, isn't it? Or, or where are we place this uh, in time really or is I this will, really no it takes some place in the 80s modern day yeah, yeah I would it's say just modern, modern day, day 80s okay. it's only the transformers <laughs> that have yeah it's like everything in the 80s like you watch ninja turtles they're always like ah oh, i've got this new energy device and shredder's like i'm gonna go steal it to power the technodrome mm. <laughs> which is kind of ridiculous because that becomes the plot for like half the series but yeah so basically electro cells i don't think they're real there's electronic cells but that's probably not what they're referring to because they specifically say Electro. But I do like how out of character Megatron is this episode. It's kind of hilarious. The humans are like, no, it's going to be destroyed. And Megatron's like, you heard the human exercise extreme caution when he hands it off. I'm like, you're finally learning from your past mistakes, Megatron, and actually, you know, listening when people tell you something is dangerous. Like, normally you always okay. ignore Starscream's warnings that something's unstable. But this time, the roles are reversed. This time it's Starscream who just says, I don't need to do this. I'm just going to hit some buttons. And Megatron's like, you fool. Oh, uh, that part was funny. Because he, <laughs> not it, you simplified it. I mean, he basically went on a long rant. It, there was a whole long setup with that. Because Megatron was, he was seeming unsure about, I guess, starting the process of, of siphoning the power. And then that kind of just pushed Starscream to just say, like, you're a terrible leader. We need a leader who takes charge. Get out of the way. I'm going to show you what real scientists think and how careful I can be in doing this. Well, no, he was saying a real leader (laughs) would take action. He wasn't even going to. Yeah, he was just like, I'm going to do this now because I'm a real leader. And he was really laying it on thick to Megatron, like. Well, yeah, he was basically talking about, like, yeah, be a real leader and not being so fearful. Like, if you have the knowledge, you can go ahead and forge ahead. Which, at first, I was just like, oh, Starscream's, he's probably going to succeed because he's supposed to be one of their best scientists. So, but then, of course, like you said, it just, 
it just it, it fell apart. Luckily, I well, I was surprised that the explosion wasn't as bad as uh as the scientist said. I mean, the scientist was implying that like this energy is unstable and that if you set it off, it's gonna do some serious damage. <laughs> it, it seemed to me, it seemed to me like it would be like nuclear almost. Why would he even listen to this scientist as he's saying, "You don't know the danger." It's like, <laughs> do they do they really care? They just smashed the roof, the dome of the the laboratory, and just reached in and grabbed it. And yep. I don't think they care how dangerous it is because this is what they do all the time with the energy producing technology that they keep trying to make in these labs. <laughs> there is a really funny scene though. Probably the best dialogue is Cliff Jumper goes up and is trying to grab the electro cell. And goes, come to Papa, and Starscream flies and lands down and just says, not so hey, fast, Papa. Papa. <laughs> <laughs> I did like that. I did catch that. Yeah, that was, that was pretty dumb. <laughs> but then you also get to see Cliff Jumper shot like point blank range, you know, for you, Thomas. Yeah, but then yeah. he does turn into a car and ram him by distracting him because, you know, for some reason, he distracts him by pretending that Optimus is behind him and talking to Optimus, who's not there. And Starscream just freaks out, like, Optimus, where? Oh my god, I can't fight this guy. <laughs> oh, come on, what bad guy does that? It was like, oh my god, Optimus Prime, where is he? Where, where, where? I'm going to pee my even, pants. <laughs> it's, it's even more hilarious because in the last two episodes, this has happened twice before, and... Starscream was like, ha, I'm not going to fall for that, and he gets shot. And then the two episodes go, he's like, ha, I'm not going to fall for that, and he gets kicked. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> this time he actually believes it, and it's not true. Did it happen to Starscream both times? I thought it was another. Three times. Else. Three times. Yeah, I definitely remember that happening in one of the previous two episodes. It was hilarious, the look of terror. But I did like the little mini fights, too, because you get to see them fight for a while. You get to see Mirage and Soundwave fighting for a while. It's like a smaller episode where you get to see a lot of the people fighting one-on-one -on -one for a little bit, even though the Insecticons come into it. Another great line is Optimus is just like, return the Electro Cells. They aren't yours. And Megatron's just like, they are in my possession, so they are mine. <laughs> yeah, that was stupid. Uh, a little smart uh, mouth, yeah. So many good quotes in this one. I just also like just belligerent Optimate Prime not wanting to take any of Cliff Jumper's crap. He's like, yeah, What have I, I mean, told you about accusations without proof? Or even before that, he's like, I'm going to trust Mirage at his word until you have some evidence. Yeah, it was basically like three different occasions Optimus had to just like get on Cliff Jumper. I mean, even after the first confrontation, they were out in the middle of a fight, essentially. And Cliff Jumper was still like mouthing off. Optimus just, just had to just tell him to just shut up. <laughs> yeah, because when it begins, the, the whole fight we we were just been talking about the last minute, it's basically just Optimus, Mirage, Cliff Jumper, and somebody. And they all go there. The dialogue we mentioned about it being the place Mirage was was previously a note and he didn't spot, I guess. And then they have that fight and go back to base. And that's when Cliff Jumper starts badmouthing again. Even though he's injured! Mirage is freaking injured and he's still accusing him and badmouthing him. Oh yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> but for some reason it gets to Mirage. He's like, oh man, they're gonna think I'm a I'm a traitor or or bad at my job. I gotta go prove myself. So listening to Cliff Jumper, like it actually starts affecting Mirage. In the prior fight, he actually pulled off the Decepticon insignia from Thundercracker. So he goes to where the Insecticons are, 
finds out that they given energon cubes by megatron so he goes and steals the energon cubes drops the decepticon symbol there and then takes them back to megatron's base because he wants the insecticons to think that megatron took them back and then cliff jumpers right there on a cliff coincidentally and he's like aha i knew he's a traitor and he's about to like shoot him to death without even like considering that anything he's like bloodthirsty to kill his his own people if starscream hadn't caught him cliff jumper would have killed mirage yep <laughs> and it sucks because his plan is actually pretty good because it gets the insecticons to start fighting and, and it's all cliff jumper's fault that his plan doesn't go right but then, of course the plan's only happening because cliff jumper egged him on in the first place bloodthirsty just ruined yeah. everything yeah because then they leave mirage behind <laughs> I'm like, I think. Or no, Cliffjumper leaves Mirage behind because he's probably like, ah, he's a Decepticon. And then he gets mind-controlled. We see for the first time the Cerebro shells that the Insecticon uses that can mind-control people. I thought they drilled a freaking hole in his head, but that's just because they color it black in some instances. But when you see it in other areas, it actually is a double circle. Like It's like a little electronic sheath that's on top of your head. It looked like it was going in and like, I mean, I could feel, I, I mean, I could see how it could be something that was drilled and placed in, but it's so big that part of it is beneath the surface and part of it's on top. Well, Ratchet just peels it off like a sticker. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so, and yeah. you see the... <laughs> There's those frontal things again that they were just so easy to get at. <laughs> and then in that instance, Mirage is just mind controlled. But what's funny is he tells them the truth of what he's doing when Cliffjumper comes there, because at first he's like, Mirage was helping his friends. And I'm just like, ugh, Cliffjumper. And and then they finally all get there. Optimus thinks that everyone's gone because Mirage's plan worked. But bam, they show up and start shooting everybody. Sorry, I'm going a little off track, but beforehand the Insecticons and the Decepticons were actually fighting for a good while until they accidentally hit Invisible Mirage and he got out of invisibility. And then they realized they had been tricked and came to make peace so they could team up against the Autobots and surprise them. And that's when, during that fight, Ratchet is like, oh, he's mind-controlled. And then you see Cliffjumper make the biggest, oh, sh**, I effed up face. (laughs) (laughs) But that made it seem, I really hate it that they stuck the mind-control thing on Mirage at the end. Because I'm like... I mean, it seemed like he was crazy the whole time and he was acting out of character when really that was the only time when he was actually doing something wrong. The the rest of the time he was totally innocent and Cliffjumper was just mowing him down. (laughs) And that's what I did. That's what I don't understand. Cliffjumper, he never knows in this episode when he was mind controlled. Was it when he left him behind? Was it like since the beginning? Or was it because he, he didn't find their base from the beginning of the episode because he was mind controlled from the very beginning? Like he's never explained how it happened or it's, you know, it's your fault that Mirage got mind controlled in the first place. Well, I, just, I would yeah. say that, you know, an Autobot with any common sense, they would realize that he wasn't mind controlled the whole time because when Ratchet examined him, he was easily able to see, oh, he's being mind control and took the thing off. Mirage was worked on earlier in the episode and they didn't notice anything then. They would have noticed something then. 
so he was fine. There wasn't anything fishy going on. But I don't think I think Cliff Jumper he wouldn't have, he couldn't put that together. He's a dummy. I think in Optimus's mind, he probably thinks that you know Cliff Jumper shouldn't have been jumping to conclusions, but Mirage was definitely <laughs> under mind control the whole time. <laughs> there was another line that I think I just have to write them all down after the first battle at the beginning. Cliff Jumper's like, I'm going to go scout out. Oh, because the Autobots do the first time they have ever retreated from battle, isn't it? I don't know. They actually the retreat. First time, but it, it doesn't happen often. Yeah, because uh, they retreat because they're like, oh, crap, we're going to accidentally, you know, shoot this thing and it can explode. And, you know, the human scientists have said it could take off half the planet. I mean, I don't know why you'd be working on energy that does that in any way, but. Yeah, but it's definitely the first time that we've heard Optimus say that, like, as they're retreating, he's like, we'll be back, Megatron, like he's the villain or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what I wrote down as a note, too. <laughs> and I like that when he goes to scout out, Cliff Jumper's like, you can depend on me, Optimus, stressing the me. Because even though he told him not to accuse him, he's still accusing him passive-aggressively. I'm just like, oh, Cliff Jumper. Yeah, that was pretty terrible. And then even after all this was settled, they're back at base. Cliff Jumper, is ex it's explained to him, clear as day, what happened. Mm -hmm. And he yeah. still couldn't even bring himself to apologize for what he did. Was he was so about to kill him. That. And he, he wouldn't apologize <laughs> for wanting to murder an Autobot who is innocent. Well, remember, nobody saw that. He was by himself up on the cliff, so he Someone, only has to... So if he has any good character, he would just do it himself. Like, <laughs> no, well, I'm not going to apologize. I'm going to keep oh, it a secret God. that I wanted to murder this guy. <laughs> that was the absolute best scene at the end. He was like, Mirage, I got something to say to you, or something like that. And you're just waiting for it. You're like, yes, you are, sis. <laughs> he just like jumps in his lap and he's like oh i must have a hole in my head too <laughs> like he's like, just like oh making a joke and he's like is he one of those type of guys that can't even apologize he just has to start joking and then you're supposed to just know intuitively that he's sorry you know he just can't bring himself to say it and i guess I mirage just... <laughs> forgives him because then they start play fighting and rolling around the base it yeah. was so weird. I didn't like it. I, I don't like that relationship with this this uh, teammate. <laughs> they really ought to put him in the cave with the Dinobots. He he's abusive and what do you, what would what would you call him? He's he's a bad teammate. <laughs> yeah. But even in the second battle, I wrote that Cliff Jumper twice shoots Starscream and rams him, which I thought was pretty funny. But then he leaves Mirage behind. I'm like, oh, it, it was even just Starscream and you run away. But the funniest thing is he, Mirage, he's like, what are you shooting at? And Starscream's like, an Autobot spy. And Megatron says, well, obviously you miss. <laughs> <laughs> but then Starscream's like, I won't miss this one, turns around and sees Mirage, even though he was looking 180 degrees in the opposite direction of where Mirage was. I was like, so I don't even know how he spotted him in the first place. Radar. Autobot or Transformer radar. <laughs> and I just thought, God, Mirage is really powerful. Like, he takes out Thundercracker and Skywarp with one rocket launcher each. 
It's just like the Insecticons take him over, and it's just boom, Thundercracker's on the ground, boom, Skywarp's on the ground. I was like, gee. I mean, Hook that's a big should not be I mean, messing with this guy. <laughs> that's that's like his. Uh, I'm not messing around. Weapon. I mean, that that missile is like is almost as half as tall as he is. Yeah. Oh, and did you like how Logic was trying to be introduced into Cliff Jumper? He's like, I saw Mirage taking Energon cubes to the Decepticons, and Ratchet's just like, Well, where did he get those? And Cliff Jumper's like, Whatever, it doesn't matter. He's guilty. Let's put him out of commission. I'm like, Whoa. I mean, he missed his chance not being able to assassinate him, so he still wants to murder him. <laughs> but uh, I do like how when they, uh, the Insecticons were done fighting, uh, after Megatron tries to get him to use logic, it, it, the, the Insecticon bombshells just like, hmm, you need us to destroy the Autobots. He wouldn't betray us now. I mean, maybe in the future when they're all dead, but never now. All right, peacetime. <laughs> Those Insecticons, they're actually pretty smart. Like, <laughs> they know how to play the game for sure. Oh, the funniest thing was at the very end, you see three reflectors that get to show up just to blow up. Did you guys notice that? Oh, I no, remember I, I remember him being an episode. Because it always is, I don't know, Reflector, he's never around until he's just around for like a shot or two. Because he never, uh, yeah, he never really engages, like, uh, he never really has lines or anything like that. I still swear that one of them never came back from Cybertron. He went on the space bridge and wasn't able to come back after it blew up. Oh, so but you know what? They actually named him a fourth <laughs> character in the TF Wiki instead of being one of those guys. <laughs> okay, so it is, it's, so it's part of continuity that... It's, no, it's not. It's what fans, gone. you know, it's what fans make up. <laughs> So it's like, who knows if they get up? He's gone. He, you can't go through the bridge. The bridge blows up. You don't come back. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty funny that he's just here, just again, just for like two seconds, and die. it's just to be be killed or not killed, but just get blown up. And how was that dramatic ending for Megatron? First, the thing blows up. Luckily, not the Earth, only that area. And Megatron's just on the ground, like they. The the electrocells, they were meant for me. They me. were ah he's just like I'm They like, were in God. his possession. They were his. Was was that his only hope? Was that like just the last card he had to play or something? That was the that was the final attempt. Yep, for sure. There's definitely not gonna be another scientist that solves the world's energy crisis. <laughs> Is this still about him owning the energy cells? Like, those were in my possession, therefore I own them. I had yeah. physical ownership. All the things before this, I was just using other people's things, and it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> those were actually mine. <laughs> Let's talk about some animation errors. Anybody got any good ones? What did you think about the size of the Decepticons at the beginning? Them smashing the roof and the hands reaching in, like the size of the hands versus the size of, I guess, the top of the dome and the thing they were pulling out and the size of the hole. <laughs> did the hand seem a little large <laughs> going through there? <laughs> 
like it got too big when it was coming toward the camera or something. Yeah, like it got huge so that they could just pick up the whole energy assembly thing and just rip it out of the top. And then, yeah, the humans were kind of there for scale. So they, the Transformers, uh, the Decepticons in those shots, they just seem like giants. <laughs> they seemed tiny at first on top. And then it, it just got really, really big, bigger and bigger. Yeah. And also, did people forget? Did they forget what they actually stole later? They stole that giant circle dome thing, right? And then later in the episode, when Cliffjumper is trying to claim the electro cell, you know, when he says, come to Papa, it's like a giant square battery with two things poking out. And I'm like, that's not the same thing they stole from the beginning. What's going on here? That's true. I did. They take that out of the assembly or something, and I, I didn't notice. But I, mm-hmm. they were stealing a big thing that I thought the whole thing was going to be the thing that they were going to use, like this huge energy generator thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. They ended up with like some tiny little squares at the end, pretty much. <laughs> but you know, and uh, I already mentioned the cerebro shell. Like I even thought it was a hole in the head the whole series back when I was watching it again. But no, it's just a chip. They just sometimes paint it all black or they paint it the same color as head with two circles on it. And, yeah. But did you guys catch the double star screams where Megatron's like, no, my energy cells, and shoves star scream out of the way? Oh, uh, no. Like, uh, double okay. star scream. But I did there? think he would have pushed the real star scream out of the way. He would not have done that to Thundercracker or Skywarp. <laughs> that's rude but, why would you say that <laughs> that's how i know which one was the real star scream yeah that's a miscolor he wouldn't do that <laughs> one thing i noticed is some of the backgrounds would sometimes show the arc with two engines instead of three and i wondered if it was because it was a far away shot or the way it was angled or if they just forgot that it was three engines that were showing and not two because I think that happened in the last episode, too. And I just didn't catch it till I was watching watching it again. But yeah, but that's it. I didn't notice too much animation errors, though, because I was really invested in this episode, Thomas. Not really invested, but it's just the whole inter- everyone was interesting. All his terrible accusation lines, all the great lines from Starscream Megatron, and then Optimus telling Clipjumper to shut up. So there was a lot of fun dialogue in this one. So, again, no deleted audio this episode. We only got two more coming up that will have that. And, oh my god, this is so ridiculous. I don't understand why... When we're watching these in the order, I think of the air date, and that's how they are on the Rhino DVDs. But when I watch them on the Shout Factory DVDs later, they're in a random order all over the place. Season 2, Disc 1 has two of these episodes, but it's like the first and the third or something. Then disc two has one of the episodes. Then I have to go to season two, part like two, disc one or something to watch the next one, even though that's like 30 episodes in the future. I was like, what order are these in? Like, that's they're... awful. Yeah, <laughs> that's, like... Uh, that's Saturday morning order. <laughs> like You just get a random episode. I mean, generally, the Shout Factory DVDs are much better in terms of quality for the audio and the visual, but I don't understand the order that they made them in. No retcons. So, hey boys, we're gonna be movie stars. Who do you think is the main character of this episode? Is it Cliff Jumper? Is it Mirage? Or is it both of them? 
Starscream. He got the monologue. <laughs> he had a character development where he knew he was wrong and then just was subservient to Megatron the rest of the episode, right? It's definitely Mirage. And, Mirage and rightfully so, because he hasn't had any kind of focus in, like, several episodes. Yeah, like, the last time it's we it. saw him was, like, the very third episode, where they establish him just so that... Because I remember in that episode, they were showing that he really wants to go back to Cybertron. He doesn't like being on Earth, and he could have joined the Decepticons to go to Earth or just ridden with it them. But no, he's like, nope, I gotta do the right thing and sabotage this ship and stop them all from going to Cybertron. In this episode, he's like, I gotta prove myself, get them to fight each other so I can do something cool, and Optimus will be proud of me. You know, that's not what he says. He just goes and does it. He doesn't have any eternal monologue or anything like that. You just have to wonder why he's doing it from watching his actions. But you know it's because Cliffjumper's being a dick to him, so he's trying to prove himself. <laughs> you sure this episode wasn't about how Cliffjumper and Mirage got to be so tight? This is in their bonding episode, where after this, <laughs> you're going to be partners and buddies ever after. And yeah. then, like, Cliffjumper will always be defending everything Mirage does. Like, <laughs> hey, Mirage went on patrol, but I know he did the right thing. <laughs> 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 instead yeah. of the Decepticons were where Mirage was patrolling yesterday something's obviously wrong here <laughs> not a chance not a chance there's no way he would learn his lesson this time and not the other times he'll never learn his lesson how come you don't think Cliffjumper is the main character because he realized at the end of the episode that he should not have been accusing his co-workers slash friend how do you and know that? that? He, he was wrong. He, no, so he, he didn't learned. That. He learned a lesson, right? He did not I learn his lesson. Yes, he learned a lesson, if you call it that. He softened a little, I guess. Now he's. Are we going to see him change these next people? few episodes? I don't know. Nope. Megatron's energy was a fictional electro cell thing. I know there are electronic cells, but that's not the same thing. And there are electro cells, but those are for, like, cell phones, so those didn't exist yet at the time. Don't tell me what to do. I'm not like the others. I do what I want when I want. But let's go on to Starscream's blunders and other stupid moments. I'm sure every Cliffjumper moment, every Cliffjumper accusation was my first one. <laughs> Was that yours too, Thomas? His face. The moment his <laughs> face appeared was a stupid moment for me. <laughs> you just want to just want to punch it. Is that it? Yep. Well, Starscream's, um, you know, his his ambition to take action and start up this machine. I mean, yeah, it, it's funny because yeah. he only he only pushes one button. He's like, yeah. A real leader would just start this thing right now. He like goes and pushes a button, just one button, and then it starts going. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess he knows which one is the on button. <laughs> and how did Megatron know it was going to explode? He says, "Look again," but nothing has changed, and then it just explodes five seconds later. It's like he knew. But uh, the the what one stupid moment I have is for the humans. They're like, "Quick, our giant electro cell is being taken. Jump on it." What are you guys doing? And it accomplishes nothing. They just fall like, I don't know, three stories from it because they're stupid. And they didn't look, they got hurt. That was pretty, uh, 
they're pretty hardcore, like that um, uh, Dr. Hardigan, Harding, Hardigan. <laughs> she was pretty hardcore. <laughs> I already mentioned about why make this power source that could blow up half the planet. This is a stupid idea. You should have been like, this is too theoretical. This theoretic, this, uh, when you did the theoretics and realized that it could blow up half the planet, you should have just stopped there and filed it away. Oh, I like, uh, what is it? Cliffjumper's like, where is Mirage? He's so obsessed with killing him after they've been betrayed by him when he's mind-controlled. He's like, I gotta take him out. And he goes over and just starts, like, throwing him and trying to shoot him. And I'm like, Jesus, Cliffjumper. I mean, I know at this point he's mind-controlled, but still, he's so obsessed. I mean, the episode should have been called Obsession, because he's so obsessed with the idea of Obsession. somebody being a traitor. <laughs> oh, no, the, oh, no, wait, hold on. What I meant is, he goes, where is Mirage from the cliff? I guess my mind was clouded by his obsession with killing. But he goes, where is Mirage? And he's looking down through his assassination rifle, and he doesn't notice the footprints that are clearly visible on the ground where Mirage just was. You know what? Yeah, I didn't notice that. I thought that was like sarcasm. I was like, what do you mean? Like, who else is, we're looking at footsteps being... I think it was just he was so obsessed with killing he couldn't think straight. He was just like, "Where'd he go? I gotta shoot him! Shoot him!" <laughs> Do you guys have any other stupid moments of note? What about the name of the laboratory? Dumb. Well, it was generic. <laughs> oh. It was just like the experimental energy research laboratory or something. It was just very generic. <laughs> called Earl. Is that what that was what it's called? E E R L. Before we do the character spotlight, there is something funny I wanted to mention. So the Mirage as a traitor aspect would show up again a lot more. I don't know why. Robots in disguise would actually have him turn traitor, but he was really just pretending. Try to because what happened is he was on the roof and he didn't shoot at anyone because he realized that it was a chemical plant, the Decepticons were at, and he didn't want to blow anybody up. So they're like, you helped the Decepticons because you didn't fight. You didn't shoot at them. And he's like so annoyed of being accused, he just leaves. And, <laughs> and he realizes that the Decepticons put a listening device on it. So then he starts pretending that he's so angry he wants to join the Decepticons so that they'll hear him and recruit him. And then he can try to, you know, bring them down from the inside or something and prove his loyalty that way. <laughs> but this was in the uh, the early 2000s one that's like the really anime style where Optimus was a fire truck. And the Dreamwave comics use this as a plot point as well. But it was just because Shockwave says the war ended and anybody who doesn't join him will be a war criminal. So Mirage is just like, F it. I'm going to go. Of course, you know come to be like that's not really how Cybertron is and he turns around and joins them again but and in the IDW comics Mirage was literally kidnapped and brainwashed to be a sleeper agent for the Decepticons to do stuff for them to help their war effort and I'm just like geez guys you really uh like when I first read that I was like oh now we're turning him into an actual traitor okay good job guys <laughs> But yeah, so character spotlight, cliff jumper. Thomas? Do I have to read this quote? Yes. <laughs> uh, his character quote is 
Strike first, strike fast, strike hard. Think later. <laughs> All right. Do I have to read this this description? Yes, well, just to hear it. <laughs> Let me at him is Cliff Jumper's motto. That's not me. That's what it that's his quote. His eagerness and daring have no equal. He's driven by the desire to win, to win the battle against the Decepticons. Finds Earth terrain a hindrance. <laughs> That's definitely noteworthy. One of the fastest Autobots often uses his speed to draw fire away from others. Shoots glass gas, which makes metal as brittle as glass. His recklessness often leads to actual blowouts in situations too dangerous for him to handle. I never noticed that. Not one bit. <laughs> that last one is so true. That one middle one is not true. He does never lure fire away from others that are injured or weaker than him. He's always just rushing into battle and like, well, oh, crap. Now I'm, yeah, in, exactly. now I'm injured. <laughs> Those kind of tactics take time to plan. Like you, you have to analyze properly. <laughs> he doesn't do any of that. It's just let's go fight. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Yeah. So his fate after the movie, I'm like, well, hold up. Let's go to alternate universes first, right? An alternate a separate timeline toy line that's a sequel to Binal Tech. Binal Tech is apparently canon, but alternate is not because it's a separate timeline created by it where they become more powerful Transformers. But for some reason, Cliffjumper refuses to get the upgrade. He joins the Protectors and becomes a protector of the time stream, and they're always fighting this new evil. But when they eventually defeat the giant time bad, the next storyline has Megatron taking that evil guy's powers and becoming, a, 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 like, I guess maybe time travel Megatron. But Cliffjumper is only excited to be fighting regular Decepticons again, regardless of all, of, I guess, the crap that new Megatron is doing. Because that's Cliffjumper. But uh, Thomas, do you want to read this last paragraph? It will bring a smile to your face. Cliffjumper was one of the original Generation 1 survivors where he was saved by Daniel from inside Unicron. However, he was never used in Season 3 or any of the three Japanese cartoons. He lived to fade away into existence. So, this actually doesn't make me happy, because I would have liked him to have died. And <laughs> he didn't fade away into existence, because he appears in other... <laughs> Uh, you know, and other stuff. So, like, he's still around. We still have to suffer him. <laughs> well, I'm talking about the G1 universe. They do not bring him back in any of the Japanese stuff, like, ever. I don't... No, it's just, like, usually there's, like, a paragraph here for something. But no, nothing for him whatsoever after season two. I wonder why. Like, I wonder how they feel about him. Well, also, he was voiced by Casey Kasem, who left the show. So... That might have been one of the reasons the writers didn't add him back, even though he survived. But usually at least the Japanese will have some reason to use him and stuff, but yeah. I thought you were going to say that might have been one of the reasons uh, Casey Case of the show, because he made a voice Cliff Jumper. I can imagine him having fun with Cliff Jumper for this episode, so... <laughs> So his original name was actually not going to be Cliff Jumper, but Blowout. Seems appropriate. It, in fact, it's left in as Blowout in one or two of the actual storybooks. Do you want to read Fun Facts, Charlie? Sure. 
Cliff Jumper was a small size figure because he was part of the micro change line in Japan. He was brought over and incorporated into the Transformers line in order to make the line look bigger than it was, since there were only three toys in this line, or seven if you include the ones incorporated from that US line that was taken over in a prior podcast. Cliff Jumper was released as a yellow variant, and Bumblebee was released as a red variant under the official Transformers line in the US. In Japan, he even had a blue variant in the original microchange. What's the point of that? <laughs> Why change the color? You, you know, remember a few <laughs> podcast episodes ago where Brawn, Windcharger, and Gears were all from that weird... Technically, it was a U.S. line, but then it actually was released in Japan first and then came back over here as Transformers. That They were released in the exact same like third wave of micro-change figures together, which is really weird. And in Mexico, apparently, they have five versions, red, yellow, blue, silver, and white. <laughs> silver is cool. And in Brazil, not only does he have his original, he's got a golden-black version, a white, a green but the green and white versions have different heads for some reason. And these were all cliff jumper? Yep, all cliff jumper. They were all the same body. They were just different colors? Yeah, just all different colors, except for those two white and green ones in Brazil that had different heads for some reason. That's really weird. That's dumb. Like I can't believe people would have bought that. <laughs> Maybe they just ran out of different plastics and they just had to make it out of whatever. Okay, we've got the mold that we got from Japan mm -hmm. for the, the figure. Just pour our random plastic in that's available in this country. I guess he's going to be brown this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I wonder how many of those were, like, obviously probably unofficial. In 1985, Cliff Jumper was released as a soft rubber figure with candies in a line called Transformers Milk Caramel, where he was available as red, white, blue, sky blue, yellow, green, and orange. Wow. That's a lot of colors. Yeah. And it was just like, well, the figure itself isn't candy. It just came with a figure and candy, two separate things together. So you could eat one and play with the other, I guess. Soft rubber. I'm trying to think. I guess it was like a eraser or something. Was yeah, it it, it, and they're just like one solid color, nothing else. <laughs> In the manga, Cliff Jumper captures a transformed rumble and ravage and unspools their tape. <laughs> so he, he tortures them. <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked to up. see that. <laughs> uh, Ripping the tape out of Ravage cassette. <laughs> just, just bloodthirsty. Just blood. You could just yeah. have just a POW. Just you know, just put him in the cage and lock him up, or get some useful information out of him. No, I'm just gonna unspool your tape. Just your insides, just all over the ground. <laughs> Take that video breath. <laughs> that was an epithet in this this episode video breath but yeah i kind of thought of the the smell of vhs tapes in italy his name was changed to cricket i assume because of the way crickets jump with their legs in russia his name translates to rock climber and in china the straight translation of his name is flying across a mountain that is very Chinese. <laughs> Unfortunately, Cliff Jumper has only been killed once in the cartoons and once in live action movies. He survived the animated movie, unlike most Autobots. 
he was first killed in the Prime animated series. Great series. That's another one of its selling points. And later in the Bumblebee movie, also a pretty good movie. <laughs> Technically, he dies. I mean, I I didn't maybe I didn't put two and two together. I mean, I I, I happen to like Transformers Prime and Bumblebee movie. Uh, you know, just I'm just saying it's this kind of a coincidence. Co- coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, he dies three times in Prime as he's killed twice as zombie Cliffjumper. Cliffjumper is now one of the main characters in the IDW 2019 Transformers reboot. Is he a hologram this time? Then you can't kill him. I, I saw that he's, he is one of the main ones now, and I'm just like, oh, okay, apparently all the Americans are the ones that remember Cliffjumper for the comics, but nobody ever wants to put him in the new, uh, in the new animated series or in any Japanese figures uh, lines. I mean, you can't be having that kind of character in front of kids, giving them bad ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, does that make you not want to read IDW's reboot now? Because he's going to show up a lot. Is he going to show up a lot to be killed? <laughs> I'm probably not, since they just rebooted it. So, I mean, they did just kill off, like, every Transformer in the final Unicron storyline. So, I mean, including Cliffjumper, but then everybody died in that story. So... Well, like 90% of all the main characters died in that final crossover story. But it's kind of annoying. I wish it had an epilogue, like, but it just kind of ends after the Unicron story and the universe is over. Time for the reboot. I think they should create a Transformers chapter that has Bumblebee, Gears, and Cliffjumper as the main characters. Uh, and, and and that's it. Like they're they're marooned on an island, and they have to dig it off. And if you have to put Cliffjumper in there, I think Bumblebee would go crazy, and he would kill them all. Like he would find him years later, and he's like, "I had to do it. I had to do it." Hound would have to go <laughs> there too, because Hound basically has a little bit of Cliffjumper in him too. But yeah, Hound? Bumblebee. Oh, yeah. All of those guys would drive Bumblebee insane. <laughs> <laughs> Any other final thoughts on Cliff Jumper or this episode? No, I don't. Not much else for me. All right, I'm glad so to have made it through. Rest. Yep. I don't know about these scientists though. What is what is up with the creating of dangerous energy sources? It just makes me wonder if you know, the small hadron collider they're like getting ready to fire it up, and they're like, "Hey, are all the doors locked? We got to be really careful because this thing could possibly blow up the Earth." And <laughs> I mean, if somebody breaks in and they could you know blow up the energy source and detonate it and but yeah luckily luckily it never happens like they just silently almost kill us and it's all okay because it's in this for the sake of energy research so (laughs) yeah yeah well we'll see what other kind of dangerous unstable energies get created in the next the rest of season two and Cliff Jumper, I think, is still there, but I don't think he's going to be as prominent. This was his, you know, his swan song episode, I guess. Because after this, you got to start focusing on all those new characters. Unless it's Optimus, because, you know, he still gets the spotlight, him and Megatron. But anyway, thanks for listening to this episode of SparkCast. This is Sean. Charlie. Thomas. Good night. See you. SparkCast.